John Hansen runs a toy company in California. I'm the owner and president of the John N. Hansen Company. Uh, we're a soon-to-be 75-year-old game and toy company, and uh, I'm the third-generation owner and president. John makes and distributes toys and games, things like chessboards, hula hoops, and backgammon sets, which means December is a big month for him. So running a toy company, does that make you Santa Claus? Uh, if you talk to my five-year-old and my two-and-a-half-year-old, yes. You've got the beard going, but there's not enough, there's not any white in there, so you've got a ways to go. Yeah, well, after this year, it's coming in with all these issues. I mean, it's been, <laughs> uh, it's definitely been an interesting year. This year, the pandemic scrambled global supply chains at every level. There's been manufacturing delays in China. Containers have been stuck in long lines at ports. And a shortage of truckers has made it difficult to move goods in and out of warehouses. And in the lead-up to the holiday shopping season, that's been a big problem for business owners like John. Is your stress level, like, where are you on the stressometer right now compared to where you normally are this time of year? Uh, hi. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Monday, December 20th. Coming up on the show, one toy maker's quest to get toys on shelves for the holidays and what it says about the state of the global supply chain. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. John Hansen's toy company is based in Northern California in Petaluma. It's pretty small. The company only has about 16 employees, but it has big reach. The games it manufactures and distributes end up in toy stores across the country. So we have our own line of classic games like chess, backgammon, mahjong sets, poker sets. Uh, That's kind of our bread and butter, what we're known for. And then we're a distributor for some larger brands like Whammo. So we do slip and slides and Frisbees. So we offer a little bit of everything. And we are mostly focused on mom and pop, kind of Main Street toy stores in your town. So you're sort of more like Santa's supplier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we're, the, we're the workshop that supplies to uh, Santa. One of the games that John supplies to Santa is chess sets. And this year, restocking those chess sets has been a struggle. A struggle that illustrates just how messed up the global supply chain has become. John's chess set saga started way back in the fall of 2020 with something that was actually a good thing for his business. Chess isn't always competitive. No, but you play to win. Yes, but chess can also be... What? Beautiful. That fall, The Queen's Gambit came out on Netflix. The show was about a chess prodigy, and it piqued Americans' interest in the game. Queen's Gambit came out in October, like mid to late October of last year, and all of a sudden, like... Over a month, every chess set that was in this building was gone. 
With his chess set inventory depleted, John put in an order more than a year ago for thousands of new sets from his manufacturer in China. He expected to have the sets in his warehouse a few months later. He never imagined that he'd have to worry about them arriving in time for the 2021 holiday season. No. (laughs) I mean, that's like, it's basically unheard of. It wasn't long after John placed his order that he started encountering bottlenecks. First up was manufacturing delays. It took a lot longer than he expected to even make the chess sets, thanks to pandemic restrictions and labor shortages in China. But the even bigger obstacle was at the ports. Consumer demand for stuff that's made in China has been surging this year, which meant that once John's chess sets were finally ready to leave China this August, he faced a lot of competition for space on container ships to the U.S. And that competition meant higher prices. How much do you usually pay for a container? So I looked in August the year before, it was $3,400. But with the growing backlog at Chinese ports, shipping costs for one container went far beyond that typical $3,400 price tag. All of a sudden, we're paying $6,000 for a container. It's like, God, this is crazy. And then it was like $10,000. And then into July, it was fifteen, twenty thousand. dollars $20,000. And by the time this stuff was ready in August, it was up to $27,000. Holy cow. $27,000 for one... Container. One container of, and full of chess sets. Yeah. Do you just cry <laughs> when you see that? So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really tough, especially, I, you know, I, I kind of always say this, like, if you're selling cell phones and it's a container full of cell phones and it's... $15 million worth of goods is not that big of a deal. But if you've got a container that it's maybe $100,000, $150,000 worth of goods, it's a really big deal. The more John has to pay in shipping costs, the less he'd make when the chess sets finally did arrive. So John had a decision. Ship the sets, knowing he'd make less money on them, or give up the order altogether. I mean, I could have just said, no, we're not going to book it at this point. You have to hold on to the goods. But these were key goods for key customers at like the most important time of year. And it's stuff that we've been out of that we've been kind of like pushing off, like your June order is not going to ship, your August order is not going to ship, but the goods are going to be here for fourth quarter. And that's part of the reason that I paid the premium. John decided to bite the bullet and go from spending 3400 a container normally to 27000 this past August. And then, after more than eight months of delays, his chess sets finally left China for the U.S. John says he felt a mix of emotions. I felt pretty terrible about it because, number one, these goods are way behind. And I'm having to pay basically nine times what I paid a year before. And it's August 17th or 15th or 17th at this point. And I'm like, wow, these goods are already you know, we're going to be cutting it close as it is. Um, But there was some relief in that at least it's coming, you know, and we kind of like, I kind of have a rule with customers is like, I don't say anything until the goods are actually on the water. Like, I can't guarantee you anything until the goods are on the water. But the next step, getting the goods off the water, would be a whole other hurdle. It's an L.A. traffic jam in the Pacific. A record 70 cargo ships carrying everything from furniture and electronics to holiday toys are just waiting to get into the ports of L.A. and Long Beach. That's after the break. 
This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. In August, about a quarter of John's chess set order left China aboard a ship called the Akinka. The ship also carried goods for more than 100 other companies, things like Roku TVs, Acer computer monitors, and Fender guitars. John says that usually after a ship leaves China, he expects to have the goods in a couple weeks. But that's not what happened this time. That's because after delays in shipping out of China, American ports are backed up too. The ports of L.A. and Long Beach have seen a huge influx of cargo, about 20% over pre-pandemic levels, according to research firm Beacon Economics. And for ships coming to unload, that means long wait times. Big-time port backups up and down the coast, now causing a double whammy for businesses already hit hard by the pandemic. Container ships by the dozens are waiting to be offloaded at U.S. ports, including the port of Long Beach. Now this That's what happened to the Akinka. By mid-September, John heard that the ship and his chess sets had made it across the Pacific to the coast of California. But then they stopped. On September 12th, the Akinka anchored off the port of Los Angeles. It couldn't dock. Which means it's there, but it's not in port, which means it's not being unloaded. A week went by. By then, 72 other ships were also waiting to dock. Ten months after John first ordered them, his chess sets were now stuck on the ocean. And as you're dealing with this, as you're on the phone with your logistics people and the shipping companies and everybody, what are those conversations like? What are you saying to them and what are they telling you? Basically, I'm saying, you know, is there anything we can do? What's the latest update? But all that they're getting back is anchored, anchored, anchored. You know, still not at port, still not at port. So, yeah, I mean, there's a, f- a feeling of, of helplessness because it's really out of your control, you know? I mean, I can't call the head of this shipping company and be like, get yourself unloaded, or call the port of L.A. and be like, what are you guys doing? The journal wasn't able to reach the Akinka's owners for comment. The Akinka ultimately sat out in the water for 54 days, and then it finally docked. John's chess sets were unloaded at the port of Los Angeles in November of 2021, a whole year after he ordered them from China. But there was still one more leg of the journey to go. The sets had to go from the port to John's warehouse in Petaluma. And that's where John's chess sets came up against another problem, the trucking shortage. Trucking companies have been short on truck drivers and equipment, including chassis, the frames the containers are loaded onto. 
John knew that with companies desperate to get goods in and out of the port, securing a truck, a chassis, and a pickup time would be tough. So if one of those three things doesn't line up and you can't get the truck with the chassis and an appointment, these containers enter what's called the, like a closed area, which is basically an offsite yard or a yard at the port. And once it's in there, you're in trouble. But John was lucky with his chess sets. For whatever reason, it lined up that we got the truck, the chassis, and the appointment on the day that it unloaded. So it was able to get to a third-party warehouse, unloaded, and trucked up here. The chess sets had finally arrived. That headache was over. But John imports a lot of stuff, between 60 and 80 containers a year. And he says that some of his orders this year haven't been so lucky. For example, John had another container of games aboard the Akinka. That container was only delivered last Friday, four months after it left China. So what does it mean for your business to be going through all of these delays? <sighs> Stress. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's been difficult. There's a lot of work. And every time there's a delay, you know, we kind of have to, like, let people know, like, yes, this stuff is going to be delayed. So our office has been really busy with, you know, phone calls. And do we ship this order that's only half full and it's going to the East Coast? And, you know, so it's like, it just adds to the, to the work. It adds to the work and it cuts into his profits. On some products, John says that with shipping costs what they are, he's lucky to be breaking even. And as a result, John's had to raise prices on a lot of his products, including his chess sets, by about 10%, which didn't make customers happy. How did they respond to that? Some people just flat out say, no, cancel it. Other people get the bill, and then they call and complain about it. And, you know, we'll try and work with people the best we can you know, try and give them a little discount or something. Um, and then other people just, they, they get it and they, you know, they just act accordingly, which is raising their prices. And of course, if everyone is raising their prices, you get inflation. Do you think that this is just a situation that you're going to have to weather? Or do you think that you're going to have to make long-term changes to how you operate your business as a result of all this? I think pricing has increased across the board and pricing is going to stay inflated. I, I think most people that do what we do now have to factor in that freight is not going to go back to, let's just say, 4000 a container. And maybe it stabilizes somewhere around seven or 8000 a container, hopefully. Have you thought about making any bigger changes, like manufacturing your chessboards in the U.S.? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, cost of labor is just too high here. Um, we've definitely looked into it when we you know talk about like the quality that i need and the way that we inlay our chessboards just the labor becomes way too expensive uh, even with the high cost of freight it still doesn't pencil out or, or really come close the one thing that i will say is that i 100 am looking for other countries to develop in taking manufacturing out of china could be a long-term solution for john but for now, he doesn't see a quick fix to solve the current shipping delays. There's so many things that went into creating these delays, whether it's delayed in China or the port congestions or the lack of trucks available. There's so many things that go into the reasons that it was delayed. It's going to be a while before we're able to unwind it. And I don't know that we have the capability or the want to 
get it fixed. I, I, I just don't know. As of Friday, there were 95 container ships sitting outside the port of L.A. waiting to dock. That's all for today, Monday, December 20th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode by Ruth Simon, Austin Hufford, Inti Pacheco, and Stephanie Stamm. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.